Pickles. Not now, Arctic Puffin. Hello, buddy. Oh. Hi, Leon. Why the long face, partner? It seems I'm not an elf. Of course you're not. You're six foot three and had a beard since you were 15. Papa says my real father lives in a magical place far away. I don't know what to do. At least you have it, Daddy. I was just rolled up one day and left out here in the cold. But the thing is, I've, I've never even left the North Pole. Buddy, I've been around the world many times when I was a young cumulus nimbus cloud. It's a wonderful place filled with wondrous creatures. Except dogs. Oh, by the way, don't eat the yellow snow. Oh, I know that. All I'm saying is this might be the golden opportunity to find out who you really are. So, I hear you're going on a little journey to the big city. Yep. Ah. Kind of nervous. <laughs> Leon says New York is pretty different. Oh, don't pay attention to Leon. He's never been anywhere. He doesn't have any feet. I've been to New York thousands of times. Really? Can't wait to see my dad. We're, we're going to go ice skating and, and eat sugar plums. Yeah, that's the other thing I wanted to talk to you about. You know, buddy, your father, well, he's on the naughty list. No! <laughs> oh. That's the best. That's for Brother Jess and Brother Marvin, who just lost their grandfather. I just knew you needed some cheering up and all that they've been to. I'll tell you what, you may be wondering, what? Now, I know that that's anointed, amen? But you know, how much, how many you know, it's all right to have fun in church. Is that okay? You know, the thing about Buddy the Elf, he, you know, I've been doing the Born Trilogy, Born Identity, Born Supremacy. Today I'm doing the third one. But you know, Buddy, Buddy the Elf, was the, he was where Jason Bourne came from, trying to figure out who he was and running. So, I mean, you know, that was where Jason Bourne came from. So that's where the trilogy was born out of Buddy the Elf. Do you believe that? Yeah, yeah okay. Well, you believe anything then. Uh, <laughs> but the thing about it is, is what I want to talk today about Bourne Ultimatum. I want you to see some things here as I've been studying this word for two weeks and saying, Lord, I want to do this trilogy, and I felt I needed to do it, and uh, the other two have turned out real great, but man, what I'm going to do about the last one, and so I'm going to give you some definitions I've been meditating on, but one of them is what Buddy said at the end, where, well, what Santa told Buddy was, your dad's on the naughty list. How many of you know that we've heard before, you know, if you're naughty, you're not going to get anything, if you're good, you're going to get something. Well, that's ultimatum. Either you do it or you pay the price and you don't reap the rewards. I want to give you some definitions of that because this goes into what I want to share today. Ultimatum means the final proposition. Either once, if you receive it, it's good. If you reject it, then you will be resorted to force to change. It means the final propositions, conditions, or terms ordered by another party. It means it is non-negotiable and that, you, that they will usually be uh, input to it without hesitation. It means a final demand. It means the rejection of this demand may resort to force or other compelling actions by the party presenting the ultimatum. It is what we saw, for example, in the word, it's what we saw in whether choose blessing or choose cursing, choose life or choose death. In... Uh, 
Now, President Bush a number of times told Saddam Hussein that if he, he sent the Bush ultimatum, that if you don't leave, we're going in. But President Truman in World War II issued the declaration by Congress presenting an ultimatum to Japan. Unconditional surrender or total destruction. Two days later, they rejected and two days later, the bomb w was dropped. The Japanese people from utter destruction that the, on July 26, 1945, says they rejected the ultimatum. The Japanese decided not to receive it. They made a decision called a decision of disaster. The bomb destroyed over four square miles of the city, killing or injuring more than 135,000 people. What a price. One of the uh, definitions of ultimatum is that he was given a simple ultimatum, move forward or be replaced by someone else. We find ultimatum all through the book of Revelation, especially, especially chapters 2 and chapters 3, where Jesus said, you either change this or I'm going to blow out your candle. And all those churches today do not exist. They die just like Jesus said they would because they would not receive the warning that Jesus gave them. We see in the area of Jesus before Pilate, we see God speaking to Adam, if you eat of this tree, you're going to pay dearly. We see it in Daniel, in the lion's den. If you don't listen, you're going to be thrown in the lion's den. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If you don't bend down before God, before my God and worship him, then you're going to be thrown into the fiery furnace. So we find this so many places used. Back in the 1820s, it was used as a curse word where they would say you either change or I'm going to kick your bottom so that's how it was used so how many of you are getting the picture here about it is you change it or something desperate's going to happen so we want to make sure that we change it and I think a good definition of ultimatum how many of you had an old-fashioned mom and dad being raised up how many of you had a mom and dad that there was no three chances and then I'll punish you how many of you had the type of mom and dad that you are going to do this or... How many remember the sound of that belt coming out the loops, huh? And my dad would wear cowboy boots and you could hear him come down the hall. That was the ultimatum. Get bit over that bed, I told you. That was the ultimatum that I was raised with. How many of you had your mama in the grocery store grab you by the ear? You either behave or I'll rip your ear off. Or maybe you have the type of mama or I'll knock your teeth down your throat. Huh? Maybe you have the mama, I'll take my shoe off and I'll beat you in front of all these people. That's the ultimatum. Either change, that's you, or God bless you. Hallelujah. But I want to share with you today... In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, I want to start off here. The born ultimatum. Miracles changes things. I want to talk to you about how a miracle will change what seems to be on the road to doom. And it says here in Isaiah 9, 6, For unto us, say for, for unto me. Listen to this. For unto us is born a child, or a child is born for us. The gift of a son. The gift of a son. That's what the message translation says. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. For a child has been given for us the gift of a son. What, what Jesus did for us through the gift of his Father giving to us. 
There's a song I, I was sent by my uh, aunt's pastor years ago. I'm talking about probably uh, 20, 21 years ago by Dale Way. And he sings this song, I'm a father too. And the second chorus goes from Bethlehem to Galilee to the cross of Calvary. I heard him laugh and I've seen him cry. And then on a dark hill, on a dark side of a hill, long away, I stood and I watched my little boy die. And he sung this song, I'm a father too. A son was given and his name will be called Wonderful. And the word wonderful in Hebrew means beyond understanding or too wonderful for words. There are no words to explain how awesome and how marvelous God and how Jesus is. Counselor. I'm going to be speaking about counselor tonight. I'm going to be talking tonight about how to be led by the Spirit and how to make decisions. I feel that's an important place where we are. But that word counselor, there's something very interesting about that word counselor when it comes to Jesus. It means that someone who is going to come and tell you the truth, not what you want to hear, but what you need to hear to save you from the ultimatum, which is disaster. Counselor is who Jesus was at the well with the woman. He said, go and get your husband. And she says, I don't have a husband. And he speaks the truth through the spirit of counsel. That's right. You've had five husbands and the man you're with now is not your husband. That's the spirit of truth. How many wants the type of counselor who will just tell you the truth? He's not going to sugarcoat it. He's not going to just try to watch for your emotions. He wants to tell you the truth so that you can change, you can shift, and you can have the abundant life that he promised you. Can I hear an amen? That's counselor. He's mighty God. I love Jeremiah 32, verse 17. It says, Dear God, my, my master, you created earth and sky by your great power, by merely stretching out your arm. And say this with me. There is nothing you can't do. Say it with me again. There is nothing you can't do. He's mighty God. And then he's everlasting father. He'll never leave us or forsake us. And I want you to see this. It says here in Luke chapter 2, verse 14, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, goodwill towards men. I tell you, that is some of the best news you would ever hear in your, in your life. But one of the things I want to share with you is glory to God in the highest. The glory of God is higher than any sin we could have ever made. The glory of God is higher than any mistake, any failure. You may be sitting here today, and this Christmas season reminds you, sister, that maybe you had an abortion, and maybe you, sir, encouraged your girlfriend to have an abortion. Well, the glory of God is higher that he is able to forgive and wipe that slate clean, clean, and his glory is so high that he took that child that was killed and brought it to heaven, and you're going to be able to see that child one day and finish raising it in the glory of the kingdom of God. I want you to know that his glory is higher than any failure, any mistake you might have been through a divorce this very year and you're ending this this year and you don't have your husband or your wife and you have your children and you're wondering what you're going to do the glory god is higher than any mistake or any failure you could have done all you have to do is lift jesus high you exalt him and the glory god will come upon you and lift you up he's higher than any form of addiction any form of failure he's higher than anything you could have ever done in fact the word christmas give the lord praise The word Christmas, the word Christ, means the anointing and His anointing. But the word mas means something worth celebrating. And we're celebrating the glory of God. We're celebrating the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We're celebrating the passion of God. You know, you see some people's yard, 
and they're passionate about Christmas. I mean, there is lights everywhere. There's stuff everywhere. I mean, you wonder how they're even going to pay their electricity bill. But anyway, they're passionate. Then you see people doing things and buying things. You go in people's house, and they have this tree, and there's presents all over. You can't even go in the living room right now. They're just passionate about Christmas. Well, I want to show you something here. This is the passion of God. If God didn't hesitate, look at this. He didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us. Mm. Listen to what it says here. Look at this. Embracing our condition. Embracing our condition. Not that you have to hide from him. He embraces you as you are. He came to earth to seek you out. Embracing our condition and exposing himself to the worst by sending his own son. Is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? He's already did. He's already showed that he gave his best. He embraced us. He sent his sons to the worst, his son to the worst of condition. Why? To reveal his love for you and I. Is there nothing else he wouldn't do for us? I'm talking today about miracles. The environment around Christ. The environment around his birth. The environment around creation. The environment around his life, his ministry, his death, and his resurrection. He is the good news that was all around. And that, how many of you know, that power gets addictive. I want to talk to you about the miracle working power. Since we're talking about Christmas and we're in Christmas time. The, the, the suddenly... Suddenly, there was a host of God singing. How many of you know that they were shocked or they were surprised? And many of you, I want you to be prepared to expect that God is ready, get ready something to do for you, quite out of the ordinary. So I ask you this question this Christmas season, because everybody asks, you know, what do you want for Christmas? What do you want? Let me ask you something. Do you need a miracle in your life? I want you to think at this moment. Do you need a miracle in your marriage, in your finances, in your heart? What do you need in your life? What major breakthroughs are you looking for in your life? How many of you know he is able to do more than you're even thinking about right now? He's able to do more than what you could even imagine right now. His power supersides all things. He sees every circumstance. His glory transcends every human situation. He's big and all-powerful. He is bigger than your every need. He's bigger than anything you have ever seen or will ever see. He's glorious, impossible. Now, what's interesting is that Bill Gaither uh, recorded a song called Glorious Impossible. And this is how it goes. It goes, see the virgin is delivered in a cold and a crowded stall. Mirror of the Father's glory lies beside her in the straw. His mercy incarnation, marvel at this miracle, for the virgin gently holds the glorious impossible. Love has come to walk on water, turn the water into wine. Touch the leper, bless the children, love both human and divine. Praise the wisdom of the Father who has spoken through his Son. Speaking still, he calls us to the glorious impossible. He was bruised for our transgressions. He bears eternal scars. He was raised for our salvation, and his righteousness is ours. Praise, oh, praise him. Praise the glory of his lavish grace so full. Lift your souls now and receive the glorious impossible. Those songs were so awesome, but I want to tell you something about this song. One of the biggest worship magazines in America. This isn't the liberalist. This isn't the leftist. This isn't the communist. This is not the atheist. One of the biggest worship magazines in the United States of America that sends out magazines every month. 
decided not to print this song in their magazine because they were scared that it was going to offend somebody about the announcement of a virgin birth just in case they don't believe in the virgin birth. Well, I want you to know, and how many are with me? I believe in the virgin birth. I believe in the miraculous conception. I believe that Jesus was born in Bethlehem as it, had prom- as it was prophesied of old. I believe that he lived a life and did signs and wonders and miracles. I believed every miracle he did, he did, and he did even more. I believe that he died, that he gave up the ghost, and he allowed them to kill him. And I believe on the third day he rose again. How many of you agree with me with all that? Can you say amen? It's all miracles. Some people say, you know what? I don't understand. Why did Jesus have to be born from a virgin? It's because God wanted to say, it's all my show and nobody else could claim any glory in it. All the glory will go to me. God says, I do what I want to do, how I want to do it, and with who I want to do it through. I am God and I'll do as I please. I won't always do it the way you expect it. I won't always do it the way you look for it. And that's what we're going to learn the lesson today. I won't always do it the way you expect it. I won't always do it the way you, you look for it. You can't even explain what I'm going to do or how I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it because I'm God. And I used a version to put on a show that the conception and the birth was all my idea, my way of doing it. It's my miraculous power. And if you have a trouble with that, then you have a trouble with me. Because when you see God, you see miracles. He is the God of signs and wonders and marvelous deeds. He did miracles then. He can do miracles now. You've got to only believe. Can I hear an amen? Now, believe it or not, I want to take my Christmas story from this message here in 2 Kings 5.1. Now, Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and an honorable man in the eyes of his master. Because by him, the Lord, the Lord, had given victory to Syria, he was also a mighty man of valor, but a leper. Now, I want to bring some things out in here, but I want you to get a hold of this. One verse is about this man who was type of a gladiator. He was a victorious man. He was a mighty soldier. He was a general. But I want to share something very important for you to take into your life in this miracle season. One verse is about this general. The rest of the chapter is all about God. Listen to me. Whatever you're going through right now, please listen to this. If it wasn't for the leprosy, Naaman would have never been written about in the Bible. Come on now, listen. It wasn't his mighty power. It wasn't the conquering of the enemies. In fact, he was an enemy of Israel. He would have never made it in the Bible for what he did. He made it in the Bible because of the miracle of God healing him of leprosy. You may be going through what you're going through, not just because of you, but because somebody is getting ready to see that God is for you and not against you. And they're going to turn their hearts to believe in your God because they saw God do a miracle when nothing else could come through for you. The reason you may be where you are is because God's getting ready to do his miracle to exalt himself through you. Not exalt you, but exalt God himself. A miracle God him in the Bible and God knows what he wants to do. So point number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. If you have a problem, you have a potential for a miracle. 
If you have a problem, if you're going through something, you have potential for a miracle. When Jesus said peace on earth, he meant I have all your problems covered. Amen. How how many of you know? Now, some of you are perfect and you're not going through anything. But how many of you like me are going through some things and you need a miracle right now? Amen. You need a miracle. Well, this message is for you. It says if you have a problem, you have potential for a miracle. Now, I looked up leprosy. And it represented, now listen to this, leprosy represented the most fear and dreaded thing to be feared and dreaded. What's your leprosy? What is the most fear and dreaded thing that you're going in your life? In fact, leprosy was considered a death sentence because unless God would heal you, you would die of this disease. I want to share share something else. One of the manifestations of leprosy would be a growth. If you're here today, they found a growth in your body. It comes into your mind that it might be malignant. It rises up in your mind that this may be a death sentence from God. I want to tell you something. Naaman had a growth. But Naaman got a hold of the God of signs and wonders. And God healed him of the growths. And God healed him of what he feared and he dreaded. And God gave him extended life. If you're here today, I want to encourage you to believe in the miraculous power of God. I'm going to show you in a few minutes. Naaman was hoping for magic, but we know we have a God of miracles, signs, and wonders. And so that's why when it's miracles, it's all God done. It's all God ordained. So I want you to to believe this. Paul even said, I have the sentence of death upon myself, but Jesus came and his ability, he rescued me. The bigger the problem, the more potential you have for God to work in your life. Without a test, there'll be no testimony. Without a problem, there'll be no solutions. Without sickness, you don't need a doctor. Without teeth, you don't need a dentist. Oh, no, that was Rudolph. That was something else. Anyway, if you don't have a problem, you don't need a solution. Listen to this. How many are facing a problem right now and need a miracle? Write this down. Adversity is the seedbed for opportunity. Adversity is the seedbed for opportunity. When God gives you a miracle, he gets all the glory. Remember, he's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. Amen. I remember when my wife and I, I've shared this story a number of times, but if some of you haven't uh, been here, so I'll I'll share this story again. My wife and I used to uh, live in Central America, working with the Mayan Indians for a few years, and we've been traveling through Mexico, take us six days to drive through. And we were only 21 miles away from our house, and we've been traveling almost six days by then. We crossed this little bridge, and as we were crossing this wooden bridge, some nails had been coming out like they usually do, and it punctured both of our rear tires, and I immediately had two tires that were totally cut with all the stuff we were hauling in the back and so we pulled over to the side both tires uh, were ripped I had two spare tires with me but I had lent my jack to a missionary up in Belmont so I didn't have a jack for the vehicle we were there on that mountainous road and so we didn't know what to do but we saw a little hut to the right side of the road so we walked over there and knocked on the door and when we knocked on the door it's in the middle of the jungles on a mountainous road only one hut to be seen and when we knocked on the door an American answered the door He said, can I help you? And we had to get a hold of ourselves like, you know, what are you doing here? He says, can I help you? And we said, "Uh, yeah, Uh, where are you from? He said, I'm from Baker, Louisiana. (laughs) I mean, this is the middle of the jungle, and and, uh, this angel was from Baker, Louisiana. And he said, can I help you? I said, well, yeah, well, we have two flat tires. I don't have a jack. Do you have anything that would work? And he looked at a few things, and we brought it to the truck, and nothing worked. So he says, I tell you what, y'all just stay here, and I'll go see what I can find, and I'll be right back. 
So my wife and I, we've been traveling, we're tired, we don't know what we're going to do. There were no cell phones in 1982, and uh, there's no pay phones, in the, there was no phones at all, and, uh, or electricity, and there we are in the middle of nowhere, and he takes off, and we see him go towards his hut to the right-hand side, and as we're standing there, all of a sudden to the left, after a little while, we started hearing some noise. And it sounded like a monster. And all of a sudden, we saw weeds and jungle start moving around. And all of a sudden, out of the clear blue, here comes this white guy from America on a forklift, comes out of the jungle, comes behind our truck, picks our truck up. I changed both tires. He puts it down. We tell him, thank you. He takes off. We never see him again. How many of you know that's how God performs miracles suddenly? I mean... I didn't even have to break a sweat to pick the vehicle up. God just provided in the middle of the wilderness. He's still the same God. And over and over again, he'll provide. He's the same God. It's the atmosphere of miracles. Amen. Ultimatum. But there's a price for miracles. Zechariah, the dad of John, he was in the holy place. The angel Gabriel came to him and said, you're going to have a son and you're going to have to call his name John. Well, I'm too old to have a baby. The angel said, you know what? I'm tired of hearing people say they can't. You're going to, you won't be able to speak for nine months until this baby's born. And you name this baby what I want him named. I'm going to show you next, uh, in, for New Year's. Angels, listen to what you're saying. And here's the angel Gabriel. He says, you know what? I've got a message from God. And you're going to talk doubt in my face. You won't be able to talk for nine months. And he took his voice away from him. I mean, you know, we don't want no doubt or unbelief. We got to believe God that everything is possible. So when I release faith, God begins to move on my behalf and he starts working. And how many of you know, you look better after he fixes you than you look now? Maybe you've been one who denied God. You know what? Peter denied Jesus. But you look at Peter after Acts chapter 2. He's a changed man. That's what the miracle working power of God. He changes you. Now write this. Number two. I want you to see this. Look at this. Miracles often begin in the last place that you would look for them. Write that down. Miracles often begin in the last place you would look for them. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Nobody expected that the king of kings would be born there. This general was from another land. But I want you to see a story here. Verse 2. And the Syrians had gone out on raids and brought back captive a young girl. Somebody say with me, a young girl. Now here's God's getting ready to use another young girl. Look what happens here. From the land of Israel, she waited on Naaman's wife. Then she said to her mistress, If only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy a miracle was getting ready to come from the most unlikely place the land that they had invaded and attacked God had it all set up to where he was going to hear from a little slave girl about the true God now I want to tell you something you may feel like a slave at work but God is getting ready to use you to speak into some lives and change some situations. God spoke to this young girl and this young girl, instead of saying, you just got what you deserve, she says, I've got the answer. If he would know my God like I know my God, it would all change for him. What am I looking and what am I paying attention to? Listen to this. Many times we don't receive miracles because we're looking in the wrong place at the wrong people. You need to write that down. When my wife and I, we were still down in Central America, we needed a boat to be able to go preach to the villages down the river. 
We've been renting a canoe and everything else and going down in some rough situations. And uh, God, we, we wanted a boat. So we believe God for a boat. We came back to the States. I was invited to preach, uh, share with some pastors. And, and so I, I shared my vision. And after I finished sharing, I was looking at the pastors. And, you know, I looked at the businessmen. It was a businessmen's meeting. They all had suits and ties. And, and I had my, my cards ready to hand out because I was believing God was going to provide for our boat out of that group. And it just seemed like nothing was happening. And this man who who had broken glasses in the middle and they were taped up in the middle and he was standing there and he didn't have a suit on he was just dressed ordinary his glasses were taped together in the middle and he cornered me and didn't let me get to talk to one pastor and one businessman and as he was talking to me and I was listening to him I saw all these businessmen and pastors leaving out the door and I was thinking I have not been able to hand out one card God all the opportunities are leaving out that door and here I am stuck with this little man and I don't even know who he is I was guilty. So I've been hearing, and he's been here before. You've seen him here when he's visited here. Ron Ron, Falk down in New Iberia. And so I told him my story. I left. I got in my car. Nothing happened. I got a phone call from Ron Falk a few weeks later. He said, Brother Russell, I want you to come to New Iberia. I want you to pick out the boat you want, and I'm buying it. The man with the taped up glasses. We went down to New Iberia. His glasses were still taped up. He took us to the boat shop. He says, now pick the boat you want. I picked this little bitty boat. He says, you don't want that. He took me, got me this big 12-passenger V-bottom boat. Unsinkable. Then he says, okay, now let's go pick you out a boat motor. Bought me a 25-horsepower Johnson. He says, now you need gas tanks. You need plugs. You need this. You need that. He loaded us down with everything. And he was the one I least expected it from. You never know what God's going to do. My wife was sharing with me on the way up here. She says, you know my little Cambridge Bible that I use? I said, yeah. She says, you know, I told somebody to get that Bible, and they looked it up on the web, and the cheapest hardback Cambridge Bible that they could find was $400. We were preaching, she says, remember, we were preaching at a Bible school just a while back in Orange, Texas. And this man came up and gave us this leather-bound, all-fixed-up Cambridge Bible, and it, which is more than $400, and she gave it to us. And we didn't even really know what we had until we just found out this week that the hardback's worth $400. Sometimes miracles happen in the least expected places. Oh, you know, I just know something's going to happen here. Oh, you don't know. You might be in the pawn shop when God meets your need. You can't, you see, you can't figure out and you can't expect that something's going to happen in a certain place because then God, that will take the glory away from God. You can't figure out how God is going to get you into the next place you need to be. You can't figure out how you're going to end up having the next job or how you're going to start your new business. You don't know how your marriage is going to be fixed or your children are going to come back to the Lord. You can't figure it out. You have tried to fix it. You have tried to do everything that you can, but God has his way and that's why God, it's his show. He wants to show off. He's going to do it just like he's always done it and you won't be able to get any credit for it because it's all going to be God to God be the glory amen the least expected places David was a little shepherd boy but he killed the giant now I want you to see this and Naaman went in and told his master saying thus and thus said the girl the girl who wants to listen to a little girl they would have thought But this girl who is from the land of Israel. Oh, she's a slave. Yes, she's a slave. But she told me something. What did she tell you? The king of Syria said, 
Go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, and he took all these gifts. He just wanted to lavish it. Write this next thing down as we get into it. Naaman wanted magic. God does miracles. Then he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which said, Now be advised, when this letter reaches you, that, I, that I've sent you, Naaman my servant, uh, to you that you may heal him of his leprosy and it happened that when the king of Israel read the letter look at this now he tore his clothes and said am I God to kill and to make alive that this man sends a man to me to heal me of his leprosy therefore please consider and see how he seeks to quarrel with me that's what happens to natural thinking people you see it's just all going to end wrong like I always thought it would you see somebody just want to pick a fight with me you see, I'm going to end up on the street. You see, they're just setting me up to let me down. Hey, if God is for you, who can be against you? Now, here's this king. He rips his clothes. He says, oh, no, it's going to be another fight. It's just a trap. Now, look what Elijah ends up having to say. So it was that when Elijah, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes on, and this man freaked out, then he sent to the king saying, why have you torn your clothes? What are you all freaked out about? Please let him come to me and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. They're going to come to you to know that there is a God that you serve and that you believe in him. Can I hear an amen? And so listen to this. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and waited at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent his messenger out to him with this message. Look at this. Look, let me just get you all mad right here. You know how you get mad and you're in the hospital and you expect that it's going to be pastor to go in there and lay hands on you. And it ends up being brother Ray and sister Carolyn and brother Shane and brother Jake and some others. And you're in there and you're going, no, I want pastor to pray for me. Listen, you can't get your eyes on no man because it ain't no man who's going to heal you. It's God that's going to heal you. God used the little girl then. He can use a little girl now. He used the little boy with the lunches. Remember the little bit of bread and the little bit of fish? I tell you what, he can use a little boy and a little girl now. I tell you what, the nurses can pray for you. The doctors can pray for you. And get you just as healed as I can or anybody else can. But we have it in our minds. Oh, if the pastor really was a good pastor, he'd be here to pray for me. Well, I want you to know, if Elisha would have been a good prophet and Naaman fussed at the same thing, church people fuss at. Why don't the pastor come see me? And he said the same thing. What's this Elijah's, his servant? I don't want a servant to pray for me. I want Elijah. You're going to see. Elisha sent the messenger out to him with this message. Go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. The least likely places. Then your skin will be restored and you will be healed of your leprosy. Look at this. You've got to be crazy. But Naaman became angry and stalked away. Look, here it goes. This is how most of us live. I thought he would certainly come out to meet me. <laughs> I just knew the pastor would be right here holding my hand. Yeah, 600 people. I can visit everybody in the hospital. Listen to this. I just thought he would certainly come out to meet me. And then here it goes. I expected him to be like Harry Potter. I just expected that he would, look, wave his hand. Abracadabra. Over the leprosy. And call upon the name of the Lord his God and heal me. You see there? That's how a lot of people are. 
Just, just do some magic and heal it. Just so do some magic. My marriage is broken. Just do some magic and it'd be okay. And God says, wait a minute. My miracle on my terms. What? What? I ain't doing magic. I'm doing a miracle. Well, do a miracle Mm-mm. on my terms because it's my miracle. It's my show. No, I just want you to fix my marriage. He says, okay, here's the terms. Love your wife as Christ loves the church on my terms and I'll fix your marriage. My miracle, my terms. Oh, no, I just want you to do magic. Uh Uh-uh, what you need is a miracle. Lord, I want you to restore my finances. Oh, you want finances restored? Yes. Give. Oh, no, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Give. Uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. You want, my, my, you want the heavens open? You want blessings poured out? Your miracle, my terms. Your miracle, my terms. I'm just not going there. Your miracle, my terms. How many times... People go anywhere they hear something's happening. And they go and, and they hear, oh, there's something happening here, something happening there. And they go looking for a, magici- a magician. When you don't realize in your heart you're already serving the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Some people think, oh, if the pastor prays for me, this is going to happen. No, if you believe God, it's going to happen. I can't do anything. But we serve the God Almighty who can. And I want you to see this. Just like Moses. Here they were. They got free. They, they went on. And I want you to see. I'm going to go through this real quick. And it says, And Pharaoh approached the people of Israel, looked up, and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. And they cried out to the Lord. And they said to Moses, Why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen? <laughs> they were, ex- look what they were expecting. They weren't expecting God who already did signs and wonders. They were expecting what they feared. And we were still in Egypt. And we said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It is better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Then the Lord said to Moses, I'm sorry to interrupt your prayer meeting, but why are you crying out to me? Move. Somebody shout out move. Move. When you move, God moves into position for the miracle stop crying stop complaining stop saying I wish I'd have never tried this I would have never went there just keep believing God and God will do the signs and wonders just believe me and move can I hear an amen just believe me and move I'm saying right now for this next year move on all the hurt 
all the pain in the name of Jesus. Move on. And God will give you the miracle you need in your life. Move on. Number four, the last one. God's miracles are established on God's terms. You need to write that down. I said it a while ago. This is my fourth point. God's miracle met on God's terms. There's no way a virgin can have a baby. He said, look, I said it, and it's going to be just like I said. I'll get all the glory. You're wondering right now, how are things going to change? It's for God to get all the glory. Look at this. He started complaining. Aren't the rivers of Damascus and all these, aren't they better than any other rivers of Israel? Why shouldn't I wash in them and be healed? So name in turn and went away in rage. I want it done my way. This is the way I expect it. I just know that my famous uncle is going to leave me inheritance and that's how I'm going to get out of debt. God says, I'll tell you what you're going to do. You're going to tear up your credit cards and stop getting a new credit card all the time. And that's how you're going to get out of debt. Your miracle? My terms. Can I hear an amen? amen? Just gets all angry. Listen, if the Jordan River was good enough for Jesus, it was good enough for Naaman. Amen? Plus, the Jordan River spoke of so much. God wants us to do it His way for His glory. Amen? You know what? We want things done our way. It made me start thinking about that program a while back. We're just as guilty as... You ever seen that program, Pimp My Ride? Y'all remember Pimp My Truck? Y'all remember that one? They get these 18-wheelers, Pimp My Truck, Pimp My Ride. I tell you what, we want to pimp our miracle. Yeah. Yeah, we want to pimp our miracle. Now, God, this is how I want you to do it. I'll tell you what God is like. I'll tell you from, from life what God is like. Lord, I need you to give me a job. And God says, you know that nice jacket? You know that nice suit? You know that tie that so-and-so has been telling you they love? Yes, sir. Oh, God, don't go there. He says, you know that little brother who's been saying it looks so good? I think so. He says, do you know? Uh, yes, sir. You want a job? Yes, sir. Give him that jacket. Give him that tie. Give him those shoes. Lord, I don't think the shoes are fit. Give him the shoes. <laughs> my miracle, my way. You ain't going to pimp your miracle. You're not going to tell me. You're not going to self-build a miracle because the miracle comes from me, so the glory all goes to me. So now I want to show you something here. But his officers tried to reason with him and said, Sir, if a prophet had told you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? So you should certainly obey him when he simply says, go and wash and be cured. Listen, sometimes we need somebody to speak to us. Sometimes we need somebody to tell us something that will wake us up and bring us back to reality. Because it's all about God. It's how God wants to do it. Can I hear an amen? It's how God wants to do it. So he gets all the glory. He died and rose again. It wasn't magic. It was miraculous. It was supernatural. He was born of a virgin. He walked a life with the signs and wonders, and he lives with you and you, and he is still the miracle worker. The God who lives inside of you is the creator, and he still has his power to create. And if whatever situation, wherever you find yourself today, in your marriage, in your life, in your job, wherever you are in this season, he, the creator, keeps company with you, and he is still able to create what you need. You think that little thing you have on you is rough? You think it can't come off? He can remove anything. But he's got his miracle on his terms. You just have to believe God and you have to trust him. 
I want to close with this last scripture. I, I don't have it up here, but it says in First Chronicles 16, 8, it says, This is the song of thanksgiving to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. Let the whole world know what he has done. Let the whole world know what he has done. I don't think we publicly praise the Lord enough. I don't think we thank God enough for what he has already done so that we could go to the next level to get ready of telling what more things what God is about ready to do. Has God done anything for you? Then you need to be telling God and then God will give. If you are faithful telling what God has done to you now, he give you more things to tell about what he's going to do for you in the future. It says, sing to him. Yes, sing praises. Tell everyone. It just is the same thing. Tell everyone about his wonderful deeds. Exalt his holy name rejoice you who worship the lord search for the lord and for his strength continually seek him remember the wonders he has performed and his miracles here we go again with that word remember just keeps coming back up glory remember it's connected remember the signs and wonders that he has already done so i want to invite you this morning if you just bow your head and close your eyes just allow the holy spirit just to just right now just move to through you upon you and in you just believe right now you are in the company with the creator the creator God almighty is with you and for you he wants to encourage you and bless you he wants to strengthen you he wants to put you all back together he'll do things that man cannot do and you cannot do for yourself just receive it all by grace and receive it by faith that he wants to help you he wants to bless you he holds up all things by his word and his word is able to deliver you today as we go through this season he wants you to remember that he is the God of miracles just like he was in that day in Bethlehem as he was with that little boy with just a few fishes and bread fed over 10,000 people he's the God of signs and wonders he's God that's bigger than you can imagine or think as the Christians pray and as we think about our lives and we think about things God has already done and you may be making petitions for things you're believing God for just want you to open your heart thank God that if you will trust and believe him he says if you will trust and believe me all things are possible just receive that right now in your heart whatever miracle you need whatever transformation you need whatever transformation in life that you need. I just decree by faith you're going to end this year good and you're going to start 2011 great. We believe in the greatness and the glory of God for this next year. Lord, just empower us to believe and trust you. Show off your power and your glory that we will proclaim, look what my God has done. What was impossible with man is possible with you. Teach me to walk by faith and be miracle-minded. Not to expect it in where I expect it, but Lord, just to know it's coming from you. That's the privilege of living by faith. As we're here today, the Christians are praying. If you're here today and you don't know if you're saved, you know your life is not right with Christ. You have not been living for Him. This year's ending but you don't have to end in the state that you've been living in. You can begin again. You can begin again. If you're here today, you know that your life is not right, but you want to get it right with Christ, would you raise your hand right there where you are? Just raise your hand. Raise your hand real high so we can see it. Anyone at all? 
I need to get my life right with Jesus, anyone at all today. I need to rededicate my life. I'm ruining my life. I'm hurting my life. I'm breaking the heart of God with the lifestyle that I'm living. I've got to change. Anyone at all. Anyone at all. I need to give my heart to Christ. I don't want to die and go to hell. I want to be saved. I want to be born again. I want to know that my sins are forgiven. Is there anybody at all? Anyone at all? Anyone at all? Anyone at all? Don't leave here lost. He loves you. He gave his son to reveal that to you. Jesus, we give you praise. We thank you for your gift. Your gift of Christ. Anyone at all? Would you stand please with me? Pray this prayer with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us Jesus. Thank you for your plan to save me and set me free. I rejoice, Father, in the gift of your Son and in the gift of salvation. I praise you, Father, that I am saved. My sins are forgiven. I'm a new person. In Christ Jesus. I believe in the virgin birth. I believe that you died on the cross. And I believe that you were raised from the dead on the third day. And I believe that you are King of Kings. And you are Lord of Lords. You are the miracle worker. I believe that all things are possible. Because I believe. In the name of Jesus, the name above all names. Would you give the Lord praise? I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe. Hallelujah. I believe. I believe in the Christ, the risen one. Listen, we bless you. Merry Christmas to each and every one of you. We love you. Bless you. If you have any type of need, you please let us know. We'll be here again tonight, 6 o'clock. Need to get the hold of this word that we're going to be getting into. We love you and we bless you. And we'll see you soon. Brother Jane. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this awesome word today. And God, this throughout this whole series, Lord, of just honoring Jesus and finding our identity in him and praising him as supreme Lord and King. And today, Lord, just the miraculous event that took place. 2,000 years ago, Lord, and even today, Lord, the miraculous events that are taking place in each one of our, our individual lives, Lord God, that we will not forget and they will not go unnoticed, and that, God, our faith has been awakened and quickened today, Lord God, to stand firm and to stand even bolder in our faith for you, Lord, and God, that we would just let our light shine for you throughout, throughout our lives, Lord, and throughout our jobs and our homes with our friend, friends and family. And I ask God that today you just bless everyone in this room, Lord, as they leave today. Lord, let them have an awesome day and an awesome week celebrating with family. And we just honor you, we praise you, and we glorify your name. And everyone said, Amen.
There's nothing good in me 